Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Barricade Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, Sold Out. With me, your host, Freddie Eloso, with my co-host, Stevie G. What's up, guys? Let's go. With the devil's advocate, Robert Fain. A short money in the bank does not equal a good money in the bank. And with Blackbeard himself. Sorry, that was your introduction. The encyclopedia. And I actually worked on one tonight. Jesus Christ. So, gentlemen. You can still do it. That was just a actual Blackbeard quote from the ride. So, gentlemen. It was 25 years ago tonight, the very first WWF in your house pay-per-view. And that made one lucky man excited that night because he won a house. Now, we know what gets Seth Rollins excited. Apparently it's Becky Lynch and uh, he got the job done. And uh, unlike anybody on this show, uh, Jake the Snake gets excited when he sees Lance Archer Russell. What the fuck? All right. Welcome to another week, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of went all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you trying to cover a lot there. there. I was gonna say, that, was a, that was a mouthful. <laughs> Show's over. Thanks for coming, folks. He's used to mouthfuls. <laughs> All right. Uh, starting already. What, what do we got on tap for this week at Psychopedia? Uh, let's start off with uh, Dark Side of the Ring, the Road Warriors, which I know Stephen and I just finished right before we hit record, literally seconds. Um, Rob, you seem to be our Dark Side of the Ring guy. What did you think? I honestly didn't see it. Damn. Damn. But I plan on watching it. I mean, the Road Warriors, the legacy, you know, I mean. It was good. One of I the greatest it. tag teams of all time. I definitely enjoyed it. They 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 conveniently left out when they reunited in WCW, though. They made it sound like they went, they broke up and then went straight back to WWF. And I'm watching it. I'm like, no, they went back to WCW first. What the hell is this? You know, yeah, the one thing I have to say about Dark Side of the Ring is they do kind of skewer history. Oh, yeah. Um, Dr. D. David Schultz uh, wrestled him and Hogan went back and forth in the AWA first. And when they did the special, they kind of made it sound like they met right in WWE. And it's just not true. I mean, it's not the biggest deal in the world. It's just they seem to, I guess, for time or for story content, they tend to edit out things. And I'm just I just don't know why. But maybe Dave Melser is uh, producing the show. Well, Freddie, you were about to say something. No, I enjoyed it, but I do agree with you. They they like skimped out on some stuff, like you know their their run in their second run in WCW, and then when they came back, it went straight to that um, draws. draws. would draw. Yeah, like they didn't have Sonny as their manager for a little bit. They were LOD two thousand, and then it was draws, but they just kind of skipped straight through it. 
That's actually a good point. Steven and I met Sonny about three weeks before that WrestleMania where she debuted as their manager, and all she kept telling us was she was managing a tag team, but she couldn't tell us who. And then WrestleMania 14, she came prancing out. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting, they mentioned SummerSlam 92, and Animal was insisting that they were supposed to challenge the natural disasters at that pay-per-view, and it was almost made it sound like the day of because Hawk was inebriated. They pulled the switch and made them get in the ring with Money, Inc., and I was like, huh? I was like, I don't remember the storylines ever having them facing natural disasters as the plan. I always remembered it being the Beverly Brothers. Um, but they did a good job editing the clip so that it looked like Hawk was inebriated during the Money, Inc. match. Yeah. That was kind of crazy. I know, didn't they run an angle with uh, the natural disasters and Andre and the Bushwhackers? Wasn't that a SummerSlam? Uh that was save. No, I was. Oh, maybe I remember it was the Bushwhackers had Andre the Giant in their corner, and it was against the Natural Disasters. But um, Legion of Doom at that point were challenging the Nasty Boys for the tag team titles. Um, That's Steve... right. Now Steve. Yeah. Well, Steve just finished it too, like ten seconds after I did, <laughs> as we started. Steve, what do you think? It was all right. It was interesting. I mean, nothing special to me. Just another uh, dark side. I'm more excited for Owen Hart next week. Yeah, that's going to be the big one. Well, and they said the ratings have gone up. This was probably their highest rated episode was this week. I was a little surprised to see that because I thought some of the other topics were more interesting. But I guess that just goes to show the popularity of the Road Warriors. Well, I mean, you know, Gino Hernandez, not well known. You know, I mean, like you got to be a, a, a deep deep wrestling fan and know some of the names that they've gone over. I mean, I think it, it it's good. I love it. You know, I, I remember Gino Hernandez and all those. I was just yeah. saying that I, I'm glad they're going deep into, you know, they're just not covering the popular topics, so to speak. They're, they're covering any angle, you know, any, a lot, there are a lot of good stories out there, you know, Bruiser Brody, um, that deserve attention. They're just not, you know, doing the marquee names, so to speak. Yeah. I just, the ratings for road warrior and maybe, maybe this was, disproven sometime today but i heard somewhere that this was the highest rated episode and i would have thought the benoit episodes would have been higher there's been a lot of benoit coverage over the years yeah that's true i had someone message me that a friend of mine that's not a wrestling fan and she was actually talking she's like oh did you see this and she sent me a trailer she's like i'm watching it now i was like oh yeah that aired about a month ago but uh so it's actually it's extended beyond some wrestling fans. I mean, the ratings aren't the greatest. And actually, I'm looking now. No, this was the highest rated. Okay, so Road Warriors was the highest rated episode after the Benoit one. Did you bring it up for everybody? <laughs> Listen, you guys wanted video so bad. I'm just showing I don't give a fuck about video. Like, I can't, I'll do whatever I want. So I'm going to enjoy my peanuts, but I was looking at my peanuts and I wanted them so bad. Uh, excuse me, Anthony, I'm talking. Um, that was Freddie. I went and switched headsets. Oh, sorry, Freddie, I'm talking. I switched headsets because this one has the ability, thank you, work, for a mute and to hang up. But I stupidly hit the hang up button instead of the mute button before. But now I'm going to mute as you guys speak so I could chew. I draw the line at you in the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, please. <laughs> Peanuts? No thanks, I got two.
Pum pum. Insert. Blackbeard the pirate, shot. ladies and gentlemen. He's here all night. <laughs> Am I the only one that remembers Ace Ventura? Jeez. Okay. Anyway, um, let's move on <laughs> before. You answered your own question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think it's time to bash based on the Devil's Advocate opening. There, uh, it's Money in the Bank. What do we think? Uh, I'll start it off. It was extremely lackluster for me. Um, I expected more from the Money in the Bank ladder match, especially with the way they did it and their new. They're going to kill this angle, this cinematographic bullshit, making it matches. They're going to kill it, and I feel like they've already done so. It, it's too much. I just let the match go, let it run. I didn't expect – I hinted maybe I was going to go for Otis, but it wouldn't have surprised me. Um, he did win it. Let's see what Vince does with him now. And Asuka uh, – We've seen it before. That's how I feel about the whole pay-per-view. I was extremely, I, I, extremely disappointed. I think this was uh, throw any, everything against the wall and see what sticks. And I made some notes for myself, um, like like uh, Freddie said. You know, we're doing cinema, cinema, you know, the cinema again. I mean, do we really need that again? We just did that, and they did it twice. Now they're doing it again, like you know, overusing it already um what's with all the cameos like they didn't even make any sense it was just like oh there's brother love in the bathroom what i mean it didn't make any sense it was like who's around today let's throw him in front of the camera i just didn't understand it it made no he sense his hands he did wash his hands so um it seemed like to me everybody in the building didn't know what was going on like, they were acting like, oh, my God, there's wrestlers running through here. Like, wouldn't they have flagged areas to let them get to the roof? It made no sense to me. They were just running around the building, and people were like, oh, look, there's wrestlers. Like, did they not know a pay-per-view was scheduled in their building? I would like to think if I was going to work and they were scheduling a wrestling event in my building, I would know about it. Uh, the other thing I wrote was uh, the comedy. I mean, really, the mop on the floor? Like, Vince must have been like slapping his knee, laughing his. Let's let's do the wet floor angle, and someone will trip. I'm like, really? What is this? Uh, the Three Stooges? I mean, I I couldn't believe it when they did that. Like, as soon as I saw the guy mop it, I'm like, all right, who's gonna slip and fall and fall on the floor? I mean, really? I mean, God, come on, you got to do better than this. The food fight? I mean, geez. I mean, the fat guy wanting to eat? I mean, every stereotype available. I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, this This is all they came up with. And then I, the last thing I wrote was um, no commentary. I mean, it's bad enough that we're just listening to them fight. But, like, at some point I'm like, who's, who's – like, they couldn't have, like, had a, a graphic, like, who's where in the building. Like, let's track who's here and who's there. And at one point I'm, I forgot Daniel Bryan was even in the match for a while because all of a sudden he just showed up at the end. I'm like, where was he? You know what I mean? I don't know. I just the whole time I was just waiting for something good to happen, and then it just didn't happen for me. They're over two as far as WrestleMania, and then running the bank as far as I'm concerned. I don't think WrestleMania was as bad. Money in the Bank was such a joke. First off, it's a pay per view. Okay, the pay per view was less time than Raw's. Okay, 
the one hour Undertaker documentary destroyed that entire pay per view in one hour. Um, as far as the show quality goes, that's Vince McMahon uh, seen a good idea that worked out one time, aka the Undertaker Styles match, and now he's going to try and r- rock with it. I mean, Rob said there's no commentary. I was waiting for him to say that he didn't, but instead of commentary, we had suspenseful music comedy music like orchestrated music it was ridiculous it, it was like you were watching a movie a stupid tv show right there uh, it was like they were trying to make you to react to what was happening right oh this is a funny spot here's funny music listen <laughs> exactly and 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 the problem there is is there's nothing entertaining about it i mean i look forward to money in the bank i've been to one um thanks anthony um i uh <laughs> I I was so disgusted, and the thing that got me mad more like, you know, we joke and we say it all the time, okay? Like, oh my gosh, what a waste of time or something like that. But I truthfully feel I could have done so many better things on Sunday night than waste those two and a half hours of my life. Because even, even the undercard I wasn't that impressed with. Like, what was it? The championship matches were like, okay. The show itself, it was horrible. And, like, Money in the Bank match, it's such – they made it into such a joke. Uh, I'm disappointed. I'm not going to keep rambling because I know Anthony still has to go. And uh, what are they going to do with it? The rumors are saying Otis is going to uh, go for the tag team titles. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Anthony liked it. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. Um, I maybe it was my expectations were wait, so wait, low. Wait, wait, hold on. Before he starts, Anthony, do that side profile again. I think there's a touch of gray at the bottom. I, we may was, not be Blackbeard as much. There, it was a touch of gray last week. You was too busy throwing the name out there. I didn't want to ruin it for you. Big black. I don't know if my expectations were just so low, but I actually, it started off the first couple of minutes. I was like, oh boy. Um, and I actually, I was laughing through a lot of it. Um, I think if you didn't go into it with that mindset that it was going to be terrible or, or you were, or maybe people's expectations were so high. We've been asking them for to try something new. Um, they've been doing that quite a bit lately. And I know I've been guilty of even saying uh, my issue's been the storylines have been, they haven't been doing anything new. They've been kind of stale, but I think the matches, uh, them trying something out of the box. I was, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, the men's match actually went 27 minutes, believe it or not, which is about the same or longer than most of the money in the bank matches. Um, I thought it was odd that you had some of the women competitors never showed up on the roof. That I thought was kind of weird, and that might have been done to save face for some of them. But uh, I I was entertained. Um, I thought the skit in the office was funny. I'm sorry, I thought the food fight and the slipping was funny. I thought when Dana Brooke got the briefcase. Um, now granted. She's sitting there holding the briefcase, and I'm thinking, fuck the damn title shot. Look at all that money. Get the fuck out of there, honey, you know? For real. And they didn't even address the money in that briefcase at all. She's just like, oh, it's the wrong one that hangs above the meeting. I would have been like, yo, how much is sitting in here right now? All right, motherfucker, I'm taking this briefcase too. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you there. Um, the, 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 what, could it have been better? Yeah, but here's the thing. that 
They're trying stuff out of the box. They know right now they don't have the fans there, so they're trying to keep us engaged in a different way. I was happy that it was two and a half hours because, honestly, we, one of my complaints, and all of everybody on the show is who's now complaining it was too short, we've been complaining that the shows have been too damn long. They gave us a much shorter show. I was happy with that. Now, I read that this is temporary. This is only going to be until they're back in front of a live audience. I don't want them to go back to the three and a half, four hour pay-per-views every month. I would rather it go max three hours. Two and a half was fine with me. Um, what I am finding though, we had the tag team title match, uh, the fatal four way, and we had both title matches. Now I know Strowman and why it was more storyline, but McIntyre and Rollins got rave reviews. I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, you know, this is good, but, and I think we've discussed this quite a bit. I'm not getting as excited for these great matches that they're putting on. I mean, I'm seeing people rated four stars on the McIntyre Rollins match. I think the lack of a crowd I'm just getting bored with the matches, even though they're put, they're they're pulling out all the stops. It's just that there's an element missing there. What was the deal with a handshake at the end, too? Is that to put Seth in more sympathetic light? I mean, is it? I don't understand it. I I think that was Drew's call. I think that's the way Drew's going to be. Uh, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like and Freddie, you know this UFC fan here. How many times did they beat the living shit out of each other and then they shake hands afterwards? I mean, just last night. Glover Teixeira knocks Anthony Smith's teeth out during the fight and actually apologizes after he did it. He's punching him and saying, I'm sorry I knocked your teeth out. Exactly. It's part of the job. But it ruined, if for wrestling, it kind of doesn't work because if you're going to have a feud and you're going to have these guys want to kill each other every week to shake hands after you beat an opponent, stupid. Like, it, it doesn't go with the story. I don't think Drew's title reign. I don't think they're they're doing their the character development or whatever they're trying to do with his character. I'm not I'm not feeling it. Um, I mean the guy's busted his ass. He deserves he deserves it. He's worked his way up there. I'm just not excited with the way his it's been going ever really since he won the Royal Rumble. I feel like they don't have a direction for him. Some guys are better as chasing, and then once they catch. You know what I mean? Once they win, there's, you know, I mean, some guys are better pursuers than, you know, like Sting was always better as as a, a Ric Fair contender than a champion. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's one of those, he's one of those guys where you want him to win the belt and they win the belt and you're like, oh crap, now we have to, like, he, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't work. Like it was all in the chase. I, I see when he was NXT champion, I felt like they did it right there. Um, NXT has workhorses though. They got workhorses, but he—if when he won the belt, he beat Robert Roode and he dropped it to see uh, to uh, Andrade. Those aren't guys in this. Uh, Andrade maybe. Robert Roode does not scream workhorse by any means. Um, I think Drew being the big brooding, you know, that nasty attitude. I think that gets over better than now. He's kind of like the sympathetic, laid back. Um, I'm just going to talk shit and whatever. Uh, it, it almost reminds me of when they try to make Roman Reigns speak more. I mean, Drew's way better at it, but I'm just not feeling it. I, I feel like if he's better as that tough guy, uh, not, you know, not so laid back. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, should we move on to Raw now, or <laughs> anyone want to count? I'm just curious who his next challenger is going to be. Which I read today that this whole thing with MVP being involved now and Lana overreacting, I've read Bobby Lashley, which 
you know what? If they're gonna get it, if if they gotta get it over with, get it over with when there's no fans there because no one's gonna give a shit. I, I, yeah, he's a he's a vacuum, Bobby vacuum, Bobby Lashley. It's but I, I hear they're gonna bring back what a, what was their faction in Impact, the Beatdown Clan. I don't remember to be honest with you. Right, it was Bobby Lashley, MVP, and Kenny something. Ke- you, mean, you mean Anderson? Kenny King. No. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Looking it up. The the Beatdown Clan or something like that. Probably Kenny King. Yeah. Kenny King. Uh, I'm looking. Yeah, Beatdown Clan. Well. Yeah, so they're they're talking about MVP bringing his own stable and doing something, and that'll be Lashley jumping in there as well. So they're stealing from Impact. Basically. That says a lot. I mean. Real quick, though, back to what Anthony said about the two and a half hours thing and being a shorter pay-per-view. I understand your point there. We have wanted shorter pay-per-views, but at the same time, also just don't throw us a house card for two and a half hours and say it's like this prestige event that Money in the Bank is expected to be. That's more, you know, yes, I commented on how short it was, but I think what made it more painful is how crappy it was on top of how short it was. There was nothing good that happened in that two and a half hours that like i'm never gonna look back at this event and be like yo remember money in the bank 2020 oh no me either i see and as i was watching the match i almost felt like in some respects it was so bad it was good it was kind of like watching a broken universe uh from impact back in the day that's that's what it reminded me of no don't even compare that to the broken universe there's, I didn't say it was as good as that. There's two different levels there. Broken Universe is up here. Mm. You know, Money in the Bank is like undermined. I just don't know what so the point they're giving Otis the briefcase. I mean, to cash in the tag team titles. I mean, a perfect opportunity for someone like Aleister Black, or if you really wanted to give it to AJ Correct. or Daniel Bryan, and you gave it to a tag team wrestler who is probably either going to lose it or is going to, like Steven said, he's going to use it in the tag titles, which makes That's, no sense. You're talking about – you mentioned AJ and Brian, uh, and who was the third one that you mentioned, Alistair Black. Those are three guys that don't need that to get a title shot. I think it would actually taint them to do a cash And They've already done that with Daniel Bryan years ago, and he was a heel then. AJ Styles doesn't need that. And Alistair Black, I feel like Alistair Black, it's too soon for him to even be challenging in that world title picture. He's the one that I feel like needs that slow build towards maybe next year's WrestleMania before he's actually in that title picture. Um, Eloso is definitely trying to get something in. Yeah, go for it. From what I hear, what I've been reading, it looks like Otis and Tucker are done as a tag team for now. So he's going to get a singles push. And this may be where I hope... I can't see him as a world champion, but cashing on something other than a tag belt. I mean, I could see him cashing in and losing. I mean, not every, you know. There's, there's a lot this, of rumors. Yeah. I, I, I read the tag title one. That one seems, that one, it makes sense if they stay as a team, but I just, I, I personally don't see that happening. Um, I feel like Otis is kind of like a dumbed down version of Dusty Rhodes is what they're looking for with him. I, I see some similarities there for whatever reason. I I didn't say the intelligent promos. I meant the, the belly sticking out, the style of rustling. I mean, Dusty didn't exactly light it up in the ring either. Tibble's advocate. I'm not even touching <laughs> I can't this. Agree with that. <laughs> so counter. 
Dusty Rhodes is a legend and Otis is a fat blob who will be gone in five years. You just compared Otis to a Hall of Famer, top ten greatest wrestlers of all time. Andy. I I said they see him as a comparable type of character. That's what I said. Who's they? No. Who's your source? <laughs> um, the booking. His ass. That's where he's pulling it from. His black beard. Are you guys watching? The, are you guys watching the shows every week? Because Otis has been getting pushed for months. This whole Mandy yeah, Rose storyline. He's. He's getting pushed to get laid by Mandy Rhodes. That's about it. It doesn't make it right just because it's happening. I didn't say he was Dusty Rhodes' caliber. I even I even prefaced that, that I don't think he's Dusty's caliber. He can't get a promo like him. He's not as good a wrestler as him. But I think in Vince's eyes, that's the comparison. That's what he's looking at with him. There's that saying, big girls need love too. Well, Vince is trying to show that big dudes need love too. <laughs> He actually, uh, he was on Chasing Glory this week. He uh, shocked me. He actually had quite a stellar amateur wrestling career, like Pan Am Games medal winner and what have you. I, I was surprised. Uh, he was great in the Netflix movie, too. Look, I, I, I'm not saying I, I, I thought it was odd that they had him win. I think, I think like, I, I picked Corbin because I just thought he was probably the safest one in there that could that made sense because like i said aj daniel alistair black don't need the cash in right now i i mean i don't know he otis is a character and for whatever reason they're behind him i mean i find him entertaining i don't think he'll ever be a world champion um stranger things have happened i mean we did get ginger mahal um all right so what else what else did we have on call well uh we opened up with Becky Lynch's big announcement. What did you guys think yeah. about that? It, it was creative. I'll give him that. Uh, having the money in the bank actually be for the women's title and not say anything. Yeah, it was it was different, basically. How long has she been fighting with, with the baby? Like, how far along is she? Did she wrestle her WrestleMania match? They seem... I think... I think the perception was that when they recorded this, which I think the date that supposedly Melser came up with or whoever was around April 15th, they recorded the match. She might have only found out just after that. Right. Is, so. she, is she 30? Uh, Anybody know how old she is? I will look it up. I, didn't, I don't think she's that. Now you start typing in Beck on Wikipedia. She is 33. Okay. I mean, then it's time. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I suspect I, I don't think she's done. I think she will try to come back after. I don't know. You know, it it hasn't worked out for anybody else. You know. You mean it didn't Karma. work out for Brie? Karma got pregnant, didn't get brought back. You know what I mean? Like they they Vince, I think, has a thing against. I think that's one Big of the bitches. things they hold against women is that they why push them? They're just going to get pregnant and leave. And I don't agree with that. I mean, people have to live their lives, but, you know, I don't know. But none of them were quite the draw that Becky Lynch was either. Yeah, but, I mean, will she be a draw when she comes back? I think so. You I know, mean, the landscape changes oh, fast. You know, they always say about out. wrestlers, right? You lose, you, you don't show up and somebody takes your spot. Becky. Nah, bro. Becky Lynch, yeah. she'll come back and people will bug out. 
<laughs> That'll be one of those Triple H MSG type uh, reactions. I mean, yeah, I mean, and I got to agree with Steve here. I mean, look, who was the one champion that walked out of WrestleMania 35 and still walked into WrestleMania 36 with the belt? It was still Becky Lynch. She was still the featured performer for the entire year, especially when someone like Brock Lesnar, who was champion for how long, wasn't on the show. I tend to agree with you guys, but I'm just saying people are fickle. You yeah. know, she could come back in here and people would be like, yeah, whatever. We've got, you know, Rhea Ripley and, you know, uh, what's her name? Belair. And, you know, they, there could be five other women standing in her way. And, you know, she may not find the the uh, crowd is so, uh, you know, excited to see her. I hope you're wrong. I like Becky Lynch, so I I'm, hope I'm I, wrong. I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of hers by any means, but. I'm just calling it the way I see it. I think she might be the she might be the exception there. Um, I hope so. I don't know. We'll see. Um, another thing I thought was interesting. So now we're gonna have Raw and SmackDown guys switch shows again. What what did we what did that last all of six seven months? Ratings dictate. Yeah. I mean, Charlotte's <laughs> everywhere. Well, and I get—I mean, she had the storyline with the NXT Championship and challenging because she was the Rumble winner. I mean, that at least had, there's some sense there per se. But I think—is—is this—is this temporary? Also, when we're back to live crowds and the full raw, everybody's back. All the people that don't feel comfortable performing right now are back, like a Sami Zayn, like a Roman Reigns, and we'll be talking about Sami Zayn in a bit here. Does that change? Or is this temporary because, let's be honest, both rosters are kind of thin, especially on the Raw side? I think it definitely changes once it goes back to normal. Okay. You're you're going to have to run house shows. You're going to have to do all that stuff. But right now, the landscape dictates this is the way you got to go. You got to get more people. You got to get fresh storylines because you don't know how long this pandemic is going to go. Yeah, I mean, the SummerSlam is supposed to be in Boston. The mayor of Boston has said any events with large crowds such as concerts festivals SummerSlam, you better look for someplace else now part of the rumor is wwe is being semi-stubborn thinking it's not it's not going to be an issue but they that the behind the scenes there are preparing for a possible move to another location how long i mean how long is this going on we, we got major sports we got soccer leagues we got baseball we got all sorts of uh, ufc all closed door right now. And I don't think for major sports with large crowds like that, it's going to change maybe, maybe by the fall, but I don't see it happening through the summer. What do you guys think? Do you think enough things are going to open up that they can move SummerSlam to another location? Or do you think we're going to be talking in August still about this empty arena era? Yep. Yeah. I think it's going to be empty arena or they're going to move it somewhere in like the middle of the country where the numbers are super low. Listen, since, the big hubs. Since WWE doesn't invest, invest in their entranceways anyway anymore, I mean, you don't need to have it anywhere spectacular. Seriously, have it on a baseball field where you could spread out a couple hundred people to have some reactions and put the ring on home plate, and there's your SummerSlam. Different location with possible crowd of spread out properly. Um. I, I, I think that's going to be the first phase. I think you are going to see maybe stadium like major sports like you might see maybe come baseball playoff time for example maybe they'll sell only certain seats like uh certain place wouldn't be capacity but maybe 
you know, you sit with your group and then there's going to be a gap of like three or four seats in between the next group. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do that. It's going to be really interesting. But I think I think you're going to see that come first just because of the fact that that's they're losing revenue. They're losing that money at the gate and that may be a way to recoup some of that. It's possible. Yeah. So, Sammy Zane, what do we got there? Oh, my gosh, bro. That's just BS. I mean, Brock Lesnar could do whatever the hell he wants for, like, the last five freaking years. Sami Zayn chooses to be saved for five weeks, and, oh, my God, let's strip him of the title. Like, you don't even have enough wrestlers that are coming to that performance center to make that Intercontinental title relevant because I don't know how you guys feel, but I have not watched SmackDown in weeks, which, whatever. But, um, what should we call it? As far as Raw goes, it's the same wrestlers every week. They're just mixing them up. Um, I'm sick of Andre, Andrade and his crew. Not hating on them. It's just they're there every week. Seth Rollins, every week. Um, you, you know, <laughs> everyone there, Asuka, every week. Like, it's the same people over and over again. I'm over it. So, um, yeah, I don't know why they have to strip that title because there's not – it's not like there's going to be crazy movement with it. Just leave it where it is. You just, like, basically became a huge hypocrite by doing it. Yeah, I, I mean, I like Zelina all over the show, but yeah, that faction's on throughout the whole show. When was the last time Andrade well, defended that? Of course, that you ball? like Zelina all over the show. You're a pervert. Come on now. <laughs> it comes with the beard. I was gonna say, don't tell me I'm the only <laughs> one on this call that that feels that way. I, you know, Hangman Page hasn't hasn't wrestled in how many weeks, and they're still calling him AEW Tag Team Champion. Um, so I don't understand why Sami Zayn is getting punished. And he's tweeting about he's tweeting about it. If I were him, I would actually tweet out and be like, "Oh, okay. So I guess because I'm not Brock Lesnar, it's we're just going to go that route, huh?" I, I I would tweet that out. I mean, who fucking cares at this point? It doesn't make any sense. It's a double standard. I mean, it was barely six weeks ago that he he was at WrestleMania defending the belt. So what's the problem here? I don't know why they just didn't pull the Freebird rule and let Cesaro or Nakamura defend it until he comes back. Yeah, I mean, they've done that stuff before, too. We had the Jericho-China double championship years ago. Right, I mean, it's nothing It's nothing they haven't done before. Right, Booker T filled in for... Or I think, Or Randy Orton filled in for Booker T in that best of seven with Chris Benoit for the U.S. title. Yeah, so it's like, why now? Um, now, maybe they're going to do the whole Razor Ramon Shawn Michaels ladder match for the true championship down the road once Sammy comes back. I mean, that's a possibility, but... I mean, even this week, or another prime example, we, we we know we had Jordan Devlin, the Cruiserweight champion. They're doing an interim championship. Okay, fine. If you wanted to go that route, I'd be more okay with that. Matt Riddle was teaming up with Pete Dunne, NXT Tag Team Championship, and out of the blue, he had a new partner, Timothy Thatcher. So why was that okay? It's like, where's the consistency here? You had the 30-day rule. You threw it out with Brock. You got tag team partners switching during title reigns you got an interim championship it's like i mean granted there there's built-in interesting storylines that could come out of it but across the board let's get some consistency here in reality you wouldn't run a business like that so it makes no right. sense right, right? Yeah. i mean yeah i mean even the ufc they don't necessarily strip people until they have an interim championship and then that interim champion defends what what was the uh the bantamweight that uh, and Burrell was like champion for like a year and a half before they finally stripped Dominic Cruz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
And then, uh, what'd you guys think of Last Ride Episode 1? I, 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 I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, it almost seemed like Undertaker really thought... It almost seemed like he thought that match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 33, I believe. That was it. And then when he went back and watched the match, he changed his mind. <laughs> it's like he's waiting for that perfect ending. And I don't know if he's got the chops to do it anymore, but what did you guys think of that episode? I enjoyed it, man. I thought it was a good episode. They're kind of riding the coattails of Jordan's Last Dance with this, so they're kind of running it along the same time. Very similar styles. I really enjoyed it. Um, watching the behind-the-scenes stuff, watching Taker, you know, go through it and show you his injuries and all that good stuff. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the new episode this week. I think the mistake that uh, is always made is wrestlers need to be told when to walk away. They won't walk away on their own. Flair would wrestle right now if you let him. Hogan keeps saying he'd wrestle. Who the hell wants to see that? The Undertaker should have walked away by now, in my opinion. You walk away while you're still good. Like, he's one match away from being an embarrassment. And the Goldberg match to me was, like, right there. You know, and if you're going to do the AJ thing, that's fine. I mean, I didn't like it, but I get it. You know, it covered up a lot of his deficiencies. But, like, let's walk away with dignity. You know, let's step away while we still can. Oh, I silenced the room. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of rough. Um, as far as documentary goes, I really enjoyed it. I think they picked the wrong time to go about it because, like Freddie said, the Jordan documentary is going the same time. And it kind of looks copycat, but, you know, the Undertaker thing's been filmed for, what, three years now? So it's definitely something that I think everyone wants to see who's a wrestling fan, even if you you can't stand the stuff now. Um, I'm sure people are watching who can't stand it, but, uh, yeah, Rob, damn, that was harsh. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's damn true. Well, anyone speak about copying um, NXT last night, and it was a funny segment, don't get me wrong, but the Undisputed Era basically pulled their own version of the Bubbly Bunch. It was funny. It was funny. It wasn't as campy uh, as as what the Inner Circle did, but I, I'm watching, I'm like, oh, this is funny. Too bad you're a little too late. Well, didn't WCW used to do stuff like that? Where they'd copy WWE or WWE would copy something they're doing. And just everything is always copies of something else. It's just whether you can exactly. do it well or not. Exactly. You know? True. Karrion Cross cut a promo, He and he basically said, I'm, I'm here to entertain the fans and not to shock the system or save anyone. It's time to wake up. It's time for all those wrestlers to wake up from their dreams where they all stay asleep forever, and Tommaso Ciampa is not going to be his last victim. Now, I'm assuming we're going to see Ciampa versus Cross at NXT TakeOver in your house. So they're bringing the branding back. Uh, another match that I think we're going to see there, uh, we're going to see Damian Priest, who turned out to be the mystery attacker on Finn Balor about three weeks ago. How whack is that? Like, that's that's the guy you're bringing out to be the challenger to Finn Balor? Like, Wait, who is it? Who was it? Damian Priest. <laughs> I'm like, too early to call Gargano a failure. This whole Gargano thing a failure. I'm mean, that terrible that segment. I actually I, I thought it was better. Candace oh, yeah, can't pull it off. No, no, no. 
don't get me wrong. Can, Candace can't pull it off. I, I don't know why they're going there with her. Garg- but if Gargano comes across as the sarcastic sly heel, like the old school when Shawn Michaels first turned heel, I think I think that might at least work for him a little bit better than what they've been doing. Um, but it looks like we're going to see Gargano and Keith Lee. Now, is Gargano the guy that's going to take that North American title? Keith Lee should kill him in like three minutes. Okay, we're talking about wrestling, not a real fight. <laughs> I'm just saying, the size differential, I mean, come on. You can't talk bad about Gargano. That's that's Encyclopedia's guy. He will defend him. No, 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 no. No, I was more of a Champa guy. Yeah, he does have he does have a Champa poster above him in his wife's bed. <laughs> okay. But all right, getting back to it, I feel like you could have put you could have brought in Cross and put him as the one who attacked Finn Balor. And I would have been all for it instead of Damian Priest, who looks like an anorexic superfly Jimmy Snooker. That's right. Tamina looks like a fat Jimmy Snooker, so. There you go. See, when I think of Damian Priest, he looks like uh, Diesel went into the sauna for too long, with the, down to the pants and everything, with a little phrase on the side. He looks like Waylon Mercy's son. <laughs> and, then, and then when he does the arrow I'm just like dude you're not Stephen Amell it's bad yeah but uh, at least the In Your House brand that should be fun on June 7th okay so uh, let's 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 <laughs> get to the good are stuff are they giving away up? a house though <laughs> did, did, did you ever to... hear what the guy did with that house no Apparently he sold it like two or three years later to to pay for his college education. Nice. What a bastard. <laughs> Stop trying to get better. God. What a jerk. <laughs> oh, the WWE actually interviewed the guy a couple of years ago. <laughs> Jeez. The first thing they asked him, are you still living in the house? His response was, no, I don't own the house. I sold it about six months after I won it. The kid was 11 years old at the time. Hey, I'm sure you made bank. They had just moved from New York to Vegas, and it was a big decision to move into the Florida home, rent it, or sell it. Oh, all right. Plus, it was a tough choice, but selling it meant I'd have money for college. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Stripper. It's in Vegas. Racking hookers. Yeah. The real estate market must have been good in Orlando back then, 175,095. There you go. Oh, that's crazy. I only strip to play, pay for school. <laughs> <laughs> I only do this for my child. All right, here's an extra dollar, bitch. Get out of my face. <laughs> All right, so we've got AEW. Stay classy, Stevie. <laughs> Listen, we've gone to strip clubs with people who have like paid dollars to get a girl away from them. Oh God. Okay, moving on. He'll never right. listen to this podcast. AEW, what do we got? Um, well, we have um, you know, Mr. Cody Rhodes pulling in with his pickup truck and 
gently tapping the guardrail. So, in my opinion, so he didn't damage the car. Like he, they, they brought the camera over to him too soon. And if this yeah. is pre-recorded, I don't know if it was, but if it was pre-recorded, then they should have edited this out because they bring it to him too soon. And then when he quote unquote flies in, he's going like four miles per hour, taps the guardrail, and then comes out like he's all tough, ready to it fight. Looked, it looked like a bad insurance <laughs> like, commercial. Exactly. Exactly. Accident forgiveness. <laughs> Mayhem like me. <laughs> and then he goes to beat up, uh, what's his name? And he doesn't even beat him up. Like, he doesn't even get, like, satisfaction or, like, knocking him out of the ring. It was, like, a, a stalemate. I'm like, dude, yeah. you have to bring a little, more art, a little more to, to the fight than that. Yeah. Yeah. I give that credit more time, more than you guys, and I'm the guy that usually bashes AEW. I guess they're selling me. But, yeah, that, that truck thing was ridiculous. Jake the Snake also... <laughs> Boy, the women's movement got set back. <laughs> it's like, holy crap. And then when he said he gets excited, a woman knows to get him excited, turn on Lance Archer. I was, uh, he wants to watch him. I was just like, um, boy, those drugs really did a number on you. I was, say, is, was he drinking? Um, I, I, think I, rewound that, I think I rewound that part to watch it again. Like, did he just say what I think he said? <laughs> See, Steve, he stays in the room, but Lance Archer has sex. Those <laughs> <laughs> are sick. Oh, <laughs> They're sick fucks. <laughs> oh. um, we also had Ikuro Shida is officially the number one contender for Nyla Rose's women's title. Now, did anyone else think it was odd that Britt Baker has the lockjaw on on the outside of the ring? She's supposed to be this role model. She's so smart. She's a dentist, and she forgets that she has to be in the ring to win the match. I mean, I mean hold it's on. Funny how long she kept it on? Yeah, you just uh, with the gloves on. Up, you just brought up if she's uh, supposed to be like a role model type deal. She was promoting wearing rubber gloves, um, so I thought that was very role modelish of her. I'm just saying. And the times are living, and she said, wear your blue gloves. Encyclopedia, are you an anti-dentite? No, 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 no. She could be my dentist. Yeah, seriously. I would I would change dental insurance coverage if uh, if mine didn't cover her, and she'd, do my, she'd get my teeth. Hell yeah. If she's do you, of course. She will gladly do it. Yeah, absolutely. That too. Oh, boy. I'll let her drill me. Uh, we, 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 we know... <laughs> We know we know who she goes for, baby. You sound high pitched gay when you said that. Just saying. <laughs> Go back to Provincetown with that crap. <laughs> Speaking of Nyla Rose, so what do we? What do we <laughs> it's a man, baby. <laughs> too soon, too soon. All right. What are? It, it, what are <laughs> If someone could tweet me what the Provincetown reference is, but yeah, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna go there with Nyla Rose, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna be respectful. I'm glad someone else did it. Province, yeah. Provincetown is a big gay town in uh, Massachusetts, Cape Cod, to be exact. And why do you know that? What? He often visits. Uh, no, actually, if you want to go there, because Anthony's like hiding the fact that we vacation there all the time, and he's been there too. You guys, so, what are you talking about? Or a couple. We vacationed in Cape Cod as a family for years. So, 
I didn't go. I think I went twice, and I don't remember Freddy, they had the right to be who they want and to be. Yes, we went to Provincetown. Absolutely. I'm looking it up. <laughs> oh, you, man. Do you two hold hands What are you looking up? Provincetown? <laughs> yeah, dude, that's... Vacation. No, Provincetown is at the end of the Cape. We were never there. We have gotten so yes, far we... away from wrestling. Yes, yeah. we were. We veered into a territory I don't want to go into. Yes, we were. This is like, a conversation like, for the family. Because I know okay, everyone say, upstairs yes, will back it up. I still, I still think AEW. Are you sure I was there? Lot, have a lot Correct. of work. Yes. To do. Okay. Anyway, AEW, go ahead. I love your enthusiasm, Rob. I love you I'm trying, trying to bring it. Trying. I'm trying, Freddy. <laughs> I think so. The, the AEW, AEW women's division have a lot of work to do. Their matches are terrible. Still. I thought they were. I thought they've gotten much better. To be honest with you. The match this week, you could tell they were all waiting for their spots. Like, <laughs> like there was no cohesion in the match. It was like, oh, 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 I go now. And then it, you could see it. I mean, they still, they're missing that. They, like, they, they're still not sure what they're doing. Don't don't fault them because they went to the Bella Twins School of Wrestling. Oh, my God. They would be lucky if they were that bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, so... What's... Casino ladder match. So, the goal is to grab a casino chip that's going to be tiny above the ring, and and that person will get a shot at the AEW World Title. Now, what's interesting is it's Royal Rumble style. They start off with two competitors, and I think it's every ninety seconds another competitor joins. Yeah. Um. That being said, someone could grab the chip before all the competitors enter. Uh, I believe right now. There's four guys in that one. Um, I think it was Ray Phoenix, Darby Allen, um, Cole Cabana. Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, thank you. And it's supposed to be nine total. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, AEW, I'm finding them very entertaining more and more, but I feel like this pay-per-view, it's falling flat with some of the ideas they're coming up with. It's basically money in the bank, but it's a casino trip. How big is this thing that you're going to carry around like? <laughs> <Don't>, like, <laughs> it'll be like the one that Moxley did the elbow drop on Omega last year, or whatever. Right. Or the, yeah, gonna have to roll it to the ring the every time. <laughs> it's like the big, the big check when someone wins the jackpot, you know. It, no, it'll be small. And they'll be like, "I lost it. I had a title yeah. shot. I can't find it. I think it's in my car somewhere. It fell under my seat. I can't get it." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's their version of Money in the Bank. Yeah, uh, and and the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think we're going to get a uh, Luchasaurus match too. I think. So, well, here's the thing. So MJF is facing Jungle Boy. That's been announced, per, which I don't understand because MJF just beat Cody last month, or the, not last month, the last pay per view. I would much rather see MJF at least team up with Wardlow against Jurassic Express, or you could even throw Sean Spears in there, make it a six man. I think that would make more sense than just a straight up MJF Jungle Boy match, especially if Jungle Boy somehow upsets MJF. You've really set him back after all that momentum you built up for him. I mean, what do you guys think? I don't think MJF loses, so. Yeah, but do you I think, think he wins out. But do you think it should, it should be a one-on-one with Jungle Boy? You don't see this as a step down from Cody last pay-per-view. I don't know. I think they're dealing with rosters, you know, short, smaller rosters, so maybe they need individual matches to fill out the card. All right, fair enough. Um, we also saw... Um, we saw Taz trying to fire up Derby Allen. Is there an alliance going on there? I mean, I definitely, I think we're going to get a heel turn. It, they've, been, they've been hinting at it for a while. 
Taz getting a double push because wasn't Vince wearing a Taz shirt in the promo for next week's last ride? Was he really? I didn't even notice. In his office, I believe he had the old school orange with the uh, the 13 in the middle, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't think he liked Taz enough to wear that. No. Um, on a on a very somber note, um, the, the the wrestling world lost uh, Vanguard 2.0. Moment uh, of silence. Didn't we? Didn't he? I said a moment of silence. Damn it! <laughs> okay, go ahead. Didn't he lose Vanguard like three times already? Supposedly well, this, this is was 2.0. 2.0. So this is the second one, I would imagine. <laughs> is it the second one? All right. I don't, I don't know what number they're up to. It's like AOL 2.7. Like what? I don't. I don't get it. And this is all leading to the stadium stampede. <laughs> what are we trying to bring the Canadian stampede to Florida? Basically, let's take everybody else's pay-per-view names and reuse them. <laughs> That's what it's I'm still it's waiting a- for Summerfest. So wait, I wanted to bring I wanted to bring this up. This <laughs> is their third pay per view. Jeremy Piven. Go ahead, Freddie. Sorry. This is their third pay per view. No, it's more than that. I think. No, like one, two, three, four. This is their fifth. This is their fifth. They're already reusing pay per view names at this no, point. They, no, well, they're kind of doing like what WWE does with WrestleMania and SummerSlam. It's going to be double or nothing. All is it all out or all in? I get it mixed up. All I think in. it's all in. all in. All in, full gear, and revolution. I think you could replace full gear and double or nothing names, but anyway. Um, no, but those was, right now, I my understanding was that was their fourth. Steve, you're the ADW super fan. What, are you ordering a pizza? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We're, we're doing a show? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you call it that, but all right. He almost looks like uh, Wolf from Next Generation right now. The <laughs> so yeah, I just find it weird there that they're already starting to cycle through the names. Like if you're gonna have a big four pay per view, make them your big four, and not like your third month. Or I'm exaggerating, but like your fifth month in, you're already reusing your first pay per view name when you haven't made it a full year around the calendar. Well, technically, their first pay-per-view as AEW was Double or Nothing last year. They just didn't have a TV show till October. Was it? Has it been a full year already? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. yeah but but I, I, take... I get your point. <laughs> it's... Call it Bash at the Beach because it's the summertime. No, they did that. They did that in January. <laughs> you remember the Miami Vice lettering? And... <laughs> yeah. They should, call it, yeah. they should call it WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, Co- Cody wants uh, – what, what was the other one? He's trying to get – he knows he can't get Starcade, so I think he's trying to get a different trademark. He's basically waiting for WWE to give up trademarks, and then he's going to sneak in and try to grab them all. Yeah, basically. So, did you guys see um, the AEW? First off, the tweet of the week goes to Mick Foley, who declared Dr. Britt Baker as the best wrestling dentist of all time, and he's like, better than Isaac Yankum. Yeah, I did see that. That was funny. Now, what was our you fucked up moment of the week in Psychopedia? Did you see that in the doc? No, but I figured it's our weekly thing now, right? 
Uh, we haven't done it every week because I ha- didn't come up with what. Well, look, you guys hated Money in the Bank. You guys come up with the you fucked up moment of the week. For me, was the fucking mopping segment. I'll okay. go with Bob on that one. Right. Uh, I'll pick the Vince McMahon cameo. Where at the end when he put sanitizer on his hands, what was he actually touching that he needed sanitizer? Well, he just came Shouldn't out of he have back. put the chairs back? I mean, if he would have put the chairs back, then I would have understood him using sanitizer, but he basically told him to get out of his office, and then he sanitized his hands. <laughs> He's being I don't safe. understand. Wash your hands. Steve, like you got one? That whole event was a you fucked up moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand how you guys could single it out to one thing. Some may, some may say Seth Rollins has the you fucked up moment. <laughs> Use a condom. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, it's a miracle because he made a baby with a man. It's been plenty of jokes about that. Is it then the baby? Is the baby the baby? I don't know. Or will it be another man? You know how much? (laughs) What is this? Two two men and a baby? Oh, boy. Uh, funny you mentioned Seth Rollins. To me, I think the you fucked up moment involves him kind of. The disqualification during that tag match on Raw. And so now all of a sudden when you're the man on the apron and you hit the legal man in the ring on the other team, that's a disqualification? When did they enforce that rule? That's not his fault, though, is it? No, that's Vince's fault. So Vince, Vince twice got nominated for the you fucked up moment of the week then. There you go. Did you guys see the two new AEW shirts? First, there's the Bubbly Bunch one that looks like the Brady Bunch back in the day. And then, double or nothing, I watched her home because I couldn't leave my house. Nice. Of course, that's kind of like the WrestleMania in your house one a couple months yeah. ago. But still. Say, like, yeah. yeah, but you know, we know AEW's got to rip on WWE every once in a while. Got to keep that streak going. So it's I what? Every week, right? Is they they got to keep that streak on. And it's sad because I think they're putting out a better show. I don't I don't know. I mean, granted, I don't think Brody Lee should be getting a title shot. I don't find him interesting at all, but. Yeah. Oh, well. All that being said, uh, just a quick update. So Rob won the pay-per-view championship with a four and two. The rest of us went three and three. But if you go back to the tape, Rob did say he would give up his belt if Otis won, so. <laughs> did he really? <laughs> no, I said, I said if you picked Otis, I'd give up my belt, but you didn't pick Otis. I think he's right there. And you can pry that belt out of my cold, dead hands. Well, right. he that's pay-per-view championship. The world championship is still Freddy. You still got nine. He's still got nine points on you there, Rob. So your pay-per-view title means absolutely nothing. You got it. <laughs> anyway, it's like it's like being the Intercontinental Champion. So, you know what? Take, take six <laughs> weeks off and we'll just strip you of it. All right, so is that it for this week, guys? Uh, we thank everybody for listening. 